Hello everybody, welcome back to the Apostolic Journal. We're excited today because we have our first in-studio interview and we know his ministry is going to bless your life today. So get ready, lean in, because it's about to happen. Come on Amanda, cue the intro. got a big day today it's uh, we got um, a special guest today that we're excited about I do uh, he's in the captain's seat over there and he's got big shoes to fill but he's uh, almost as spiritual as the one that usually sits there but we'll he'll get there he's working on it but we do want to welcome brother Charles Robinette to the podcast we're excited that he's here um, but before we go and uh, talking about it, I want to recommend, I got my little tabs in here to, I've been reading his book, but he wrote a book, Radically Apostolic. I want to recommend this book. Go buy this book. It's on Barnes and Noble and it's on Amazon. Go order it. It's a good price, but it will change your life. It's exciting to see the deeper things of God, the deeper walk of God. And that's basically what this is teaching us to do. And we're excited about that. But Brother Robinette, we're we're glad you're here today. Um welcome the welcome the crowd here. Oh, we're so glad to be here. I really am. We we watch uh this podcast every single time that it it drops. And uh we just we love Brother and Sister Leper. Um they're our family, of course, but they are some very dear apostolic friends. And that's that's something very valuable. And so I I really love this podcast. I love how how genuine it is and how apostolic it is and the seeds that you're trying to sow into the listeners. And so um, just very happy to be here, friend. Yes. Love you. Um, I know your wife makes you listen to him, but um. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt the anointing as I sat in this chair. There was something special in this captain's chair. But my wife is with us today, but she is uh, uh, manning the controls. But uh, we got her a mic today, so she'll be able to interject in all this, too. Um, but we we were excited about this. Um, a little background, though, because we, we are both from, from Michigan. Yes, sir. And um, which is too cold there. That's why we both moved away. Uh at least that's why I moved away. It was a, a, a bitter, different kind of cold. I remember uh, I took Amanda there once, and um, I, I told her, we're getting ready to go, and she's picking out winter clothes to go. Well, she buys this jacket that just don't even cover her neck, really, and then these tiny little gloves, and I'm like, Amanda, it's cold in Michigan. She's like, oh, I'll be fine. We get there and it's negative eight degrees and you get out of the car and it is painful. Mm -hmm. The wind blows and it just yeah. cuts right through your clothes. So by we went skiing. Michigan skiing is, isn't quite like Colorado. You, you ride down hills, basically. And uh, by the end of that, she had my gloves on 
And uh, I had her little bitty, my fingers could barely fit in those gloves, but. But she looked good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I learned my lesson, that's for sure. Yeah. It I, is a I different. I take a thicker coat when I go to Michigan. Now. Yes. Oh, yes. But um, I was, when I, when I was thinking about you, you know, you being here, um, just recalling um, everything that uh, we, we, that I can remember my first memories, I guess I should say, I remember the first time, I don't want to say it's the first time you preached at our youth group. Cause you were my youth pastor. I don't, I don't know if my, you were my youth pastor. And I remember the, the first sermon I remember, you may have preached more before this, but for some weird reason we were in the main sanctuary and we had a good size youth group. So we were in the sanctuary and I remember you had these these uh, some of the young people walking around while you were preaching, and you were preaching about hell, <laughs> and, and you were talking. And I don't remember the thing is I don't remember a whole lot about the sermon. I just remember being scared because we were dragging people out. That was like the goal. The, the goal was get to, to terrify the them into serving God. Yeah, that was the goal. So we we were dragging people out like they were getting dragged to hell. I I remember that. That was probably because you were my my youth pastor in the late 1900s. I don't know if you remember the late yes. 1900s yes. there. And yes, I remember. And we went to um, um, the, I don't know if this was your first time preaching out. I always remembered it as it as this was. You took me to a church outside of Michigan. And we drove there, and um, I remember we we got there early. We were we had prayer meeting before anybody got there. We were just just on fire for God, and and then the people showed up later that night, and there was about maybe eight people, including the pastor and, and me and you, and you were preaching. I mean, just <laughs> preaching, and. I remember in the middle of preaching, you turned around to say something to that pastor, like God's moving or something. And he looked back and that guy was dead asleep. (laughs) So not much has changed in my ministry. (laughs) Now, Bree Bree falls asleep through every single service, but always tells me what a great job I did. Yeah, but it, I I do remember that because uh, then I, I don't even think the um, one of the um, I remember you gave me some money for going with you. I was like, oh my word! Like you gave me like fifty bucks. Fifty bucks back yeah, then. The was fifty a- bucks was so you would never tell that story. Yeah, you're, uh, <laughs> so you owe me fifty. <laughs> but uh, it, it was that that was some of my earliest memories of that, and we had a, a, a I remember just a fantastic youth group moves of God. Sure did things that people in sure a youth did. group think that you can't see in a youth group. Sure did. It's like you know because a lot. I mean, we we had we did fun things and you know things like that, but we had. Absolute moves yeah. of God. Multitudes received the Holy Ghost. Yes. Multitudes of even notable miracles in our youth group. Yes. I remember one time uh, we preached, and, and actually I ended up leaving, and come to find out people were there till like midnight praying, just laid out in the Holy Ghost. God, I mean, it, it, it's 
to think that it's impossible to have those kind of moves of God in a youth group is it is should be dispelled because if if you the the preaching goes forth that teaches them there are deeper things yes, sir. of God, yes, they sir. can reach that point. Yes, sir. To just think that they can't yeah. do it or, you know, well, you're young, yeah. you know, wait for this. I think mm-hmm. we've coddled them a little bit. Wherever you set the bar. Right. That's where they're going to go. Right. If if you decide you're going to lower that bar and you just want to have a fun youth group and be everybody's pal and that that's where you're going that's where your spiritual level is going to be is right there. Right. But if you raise that bar up and you say I know you can be apostolic, I know that you can be be used valuable in the kingdom of God, you raise that bar, man, they'll jump for it. They will. There's the only thing keeping a youth group from from dynamic demonstration and power is the position of the bar. Mm-hmm. Wherever that leader sets the bar, that's where they're going to go. And um, I've I've always believed that if you set that bar way up there, people that are hungry will jump for it. Yeah. And people that that aren't hungry, they're not even going to jump for a low one anyhow. So <laughs> that's why set point. the bar for the for those who aren't going to jump? Right. Set the bar for those who are desperate. And and they'll they'll haul in a bunch of people that are desperate. You know, that's a good point, because if you think about it, a lot of times what we do is we do get focused on the ones who yes, don't sir. want to jump. And we're yes, trying sir. to go, come on, come yes, on. Sir. So we do lower the bar. Always. I never even thought of it like that. But when if we could get focused on the ones that are hungry oh, yeah. and bring them to a whole oh, yeah. nother level because they, they want that yes, next sir. level, then the Holy Ghost can move on them, which yes, begins sir. to bring everybody yeah because if you gotta i remember looking back at our youth group when that core group mm-hmm. becomes apostolic in That's in it. their worship and praise and and prayer mm-hmm. and all that and they become the the uh uh the core the the yes, majority sir. then the rest of them are like well i i want to be a part of this well, that intensity is contagious yes and that's what happens. I don't know. I'm sure you remember, but but you remember when we would gather in in my office there. That, that mm-hmm. it was such a small office, but you were a part of that core team. And there was there was all those maybe twelve or fifteen core team members that would gather in my office, and we would we would literally start just singing in the office, and all of a sudden it would turn into a prayer meeting, and mm. we would be weeping and praying in other tongues and. That that core was so intense right. that it became so incredibly contagious. Mm-hmm. That's when we started seeing those breakthroughs. Before there was ever what are those those groups that they call in the local high schools now? Um, oh, P seven is that P seven clubs? Before there were P seven clubs, you guys were in local high schools mm-hmm. doing Bible clubs mm-hmm. and bringing fifteen twenty public school students to youth services who were sitting in chairs like Billy Cole used to do and getting the Holy Ghost in the front of a sanctuary. <laughs> right, that's yes. That was the intensity of your generation. Mm. You young people that said, we don't want you to lower the bar. Put it up high. Yes. We're 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 not settling for some little move of the spirit. We're hungry to enter in, to step out of the boat, to step into something supernatural mm-hmm. because we you know, that's the key. If it, You know, for me, um, I, I just, I believe everybody wants to do something great for God. Yes. And and they just don't know it yet. <laughs> but if you can show them, if you can give them a taste, if you can set the bar at a place where they're like, ooh, that, 
That's it. You know, yep. if you're dragging kids out, going to hell, <laughs> it just wakes up that whole youth group. <laughs> yeah. But, um, oh my goodness, I, I, that was one of the most, I say this really, I know it sounds like, um, you know, that I'm kind of biased, but I, 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 I mean it sincerely when I say, you know, Stace and I have, have traveled all over the world. I don't know that I have ever encountered a youth group as powerful and as intense yeah. and as, as apostolic as that Ypsilanti youth group. And there were many factors. One, a great pastor, Bill mm. Nix, you know, I mean, so many, uh, Scott Sistrom, who was a <laughs> yes. part of that whole dynamic yeah. of that leadership team. You had, you had so many powerful voices that were, you know, imparting into those spiritual systems mm-hmm. of those young people. It wasn't just the youth leader. It was literally a a partnership of faith that mm-hmm. was creating a very high bar. And that high bar, those kids were just, man, they were jumping as high as they could get. Oh, yeah. You know? And I do think uh, you, you brought this up a little in the, uh, I think the first chapter of your book is how uh, Pastor Bill, Brother Nix's leadership the way that he worked and allowed people to grow in their ministry that all those churches that started well when they when they kids youth students see that happening yes sir they see the bigger vision then they're buying into something yeah. then they're they you know it it's not just a um uh let's just go to another youth service sure. hang out and all that i i see something bigger here and Good i've vision. seen people working in it oh yeah Kingdom vision and kingdom opportunities will always call people or cause people to excel. And it, it, where there's an absence of kingdom vision and kingdom opportunities, people just sit in a chair and they just go through the motions. Mm-hmm. But you raise that bar and you show them what can be done in mm-hmm. the kingdom and you create opportunities for people to do things in the kingdom. And that goes everywhere from crusades to, you know, serving in a local church to youth ministry teams to, you know, when you give people an opportunity to be a part of something that is kingdom vision, Mm -hmm. it's impossible for them to ever be satisfied with something small. Mm -hmm. And that's really what that book is about. I mean, it's about Bill Nix giving young men kingdom mm-hmm. opportunities mm-hmm. and young women kingdom opportunities and saying i'm not afraid of your success stand yeah. on my shoulders see further right. do more you wherever i can send you whatever i can facilitate in you mm-hmm. um that advances the kingdom but that's the beauty of of my pastor as as i knew my pastor was there were no limits he was never afraid of somebody excelling or somebody being dynamic in the kingdom. He was willing to send his best away. Mm-hmm. He always believed you give the best away. You cannot outgive God. Mm-hmm. He'll just keep coming back, pressed down, shaken right. together, running over. And I would say if, you know, ministers out there, pastors out there, don't be afraid of letting go of your best. Right. If you will send out just just like you open up your hands and give sacrificially if you open up your doors and you give your best ministers to the kingdom of god and you release your your best preachers and 
you 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 just advance them in the kingdom of God and you don't worry what what they're you know what it's going to mean for your church and you just say go mm-hmm. uh, i promise you when you give you cannot outgive god it's going to god's going to send you preachers yeah. that you thought you had somebody that was the best of the best and all of a sudden god's going to say oh i got something even better mm-hmm. because you gave i'm going to give pressed down shaken together yeah. running over and your ministry, local ministry always explodes Mm -hmm. when you facilitate kingdom ministry right and and, you know and to to bring it to a a even a to a smaller i don't want to say smaller vision but to a like my children what you know me and amanda our, our pastor has sent us out to start a daughter work one of the things i love it is I want my children to be used to seeing us knocking doors, Amen. praying for people, Amen. doing things that are completely outside of our comfort mm-hmm. zone, but they see it so much, they don't even realize that it's outside of our comfort They feel like it's normal. This is normal. What, do you, right. what do you mean you don't go knock doors? All kingdom work. Right. What mm-hmm. do you mean you don't do? This yeah. is what we do. Yeah. And that should be the same kind of vision mm-hmm. that we have for people in our churches, yeah, I, I want and I and my goal is for them to do even more than I've done. Hundred oh, percent. That's what, what when you're when people are coming up under you. I want them to go out and do even more and oh, greater yes. things. Oh yes. And you know, and one of the intimidations that that people may get because we're talking about to be okay with them coming up is well, what if people think they're a better preacher? What mm-hmm. if they think they're yeah? Well, that that's okay. Mm-hmm. But you're called to be what you know a pastor of this church. Yeah. You're called to be whatever you are at that moment. Yeah. God's made room for that for you. Yeah. Don't try to hold somebody else back. Well, and 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 sir, even if the you know the vision, even if you have a local vision, you have got to to take that you know that local vision is meant to facilitate kingdom mm-hmm. vision. And so if you get tunnel vision. And all you focus on is your local church, and you feel like I've got to protect this. Yeah, I've got to, true. I've got to keep the best here. I've, the only way we can grow is if I hold on to everything. Mm-hmm. If that's your mentality, you have already missed mm. kingdom vision mm. because everything about Christ was give it away, yeah. give myself away. That's true. Give, that that is the whole vision of the kingdom is sacrifice. Right. Give yeah. it away. Spend it. Send it. Mm-hmm. Go. Go ye therefore teach all nations. And and yes, a local vision is important, but a local vision is only as important as your global vision. Mm-hmm. And so you gotta you gotta buy into that. And I, I've never seen, I have never in my life seen somebody who had a global kingdom vision mm-hmm. who did not prosper locally. And I can yeah. tell you right now, every single person who got tunnel vision and all they could do was focus locally, it wasn't long before they started to just dwindle. Mm-hmm. And and where there's an absence of kingdom vision and kingdom opportunity, people quit. Yeah. And so you are you have a guaranteed opportunity of kingdom success if you open the doors and you have a guaranteed opportunity for kingdom destruction if you close the doors right that's good <laughs> that is good because and that's that's one um, my pastor he he has vision and that you know that's why he sent us it's beautiful to do this because he's looking at a greater vision mm-hmm. and he he I'm, I'm seeing kind of what brother uh, Nick's used to do. 
because now he's thinking, okay, now we got this city over here. Beautiful. His vision is expanding. Beautiful. And he's and and it what it does is and it ex, in, uh, inspires everybody Beautiful. else to be a part of. I want to be a part of that. Look That's at right. the, and there's such a, um, there's so much joy in what what we're doing over in Alexander. Yeah. It's so yeah. much fun. You know, everybody that it's like when uh, we go knock doors. I go knock doors. We've had we've had two people that have started coming from knocking doors, and then the, what they're doing is they're going out and telling friends. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the most exciting yeah. thing. Isn't that amazing? Uh, and your babies yeah. get to see this. Yes. They get to see the fruit of real kingdom work. Yes, when you get your hands dirty and you yep. dig in and you knock doors and you teach Bible studies. I mean, I remember just. I want to say maybe seven, eight months ago when we were in Germany, uh, we got a phone call from a Spanish, a Colombian, Spanish-speaking couple in Bonn, Germany. Mm -hmm. And they said, come over. We we need a Bible study. We, we don't have the Holy Ghost. And we took our babies. You know, they're not babies. They're <laughs> 16 and 13, but they're my babies. Mm -hmm. But we we drive over to Bonn, six hours over to Bonn, Germany from Berlin, go into this little apartment that that was no bigger than this room that we're in right now and they had a bed a kitchen and a table all in this one room this little <laughs> wow. colombian couple precious little people of god yes. loved them so mm -hmm. much we sit down two of us had to sit on the bed three of they they borrowed a chair from a neighbor and so we had three chairs and two on the bed and we're all sitting hunkered around this itty bitty table and i started teaching them into his marvelous light <laughs> this little 30 minute yeah. bible study and while we're teaching the bible study this precious little colombian beautiful lady just starts weeping mm. and you know you think that it's got to be big or it's not kingdom yeah. But that's kingdom. Oh, yes. She starts weeping in this little box of a house where, I mean, how could you be? I mean, it just blows your mind. Mm -hmm. Your babies are sitting cramped up around a bed and around a table. And this woman starts weeping and the Holy Ghost hits in that room. And God fills her with the Holy Ghost in the middle of a Bible study. She's speaking with other tongues. Her husband is just speaking with other tongues. Yes. Here in the middle of this small, you would think this is, that was this kingdom work, but that's the greatest. Yes. That's getting your hands yep. dirty in the kingdom. That that That's the real stuff. And I watched my babies as they saw the beauty mm -hmm. of kingdom work seeing souls born again added yep. to the kingdom it didn't have to be a crowd of ten thousand. it was the next door neighbor yep. teaching a bible study a 30-minute bible study that yep. explodes into kingdom power <laughs> right yeah oh that's i mean that's absolutely true because that's even um you know we had been knocking doors and doing and we, we had you know um we've had a couple people that had been coming faithfully but uh, we had an, we have another couple from our main church who just are just they're reaching people, knocking doors. They're just on fire. So uh, even uh, our children seeing that they they didn't see the fruit yet of that. And let, two Sundays ago, when we have that Thanksgiving, and you and Amanda talks has brought this up several times because I didn't notice at the time. 
but how our son Boston's face lit up seeing Amazing. all these guests Amazing. showing up and just like, oh wow, you know, this is what what they everybody's been mm-hmm. doing and pushing for is is coming to to light at yeah. that moment. The spiritual seed yeah. that you and and your precious wife are putting in the hearts of these babies. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! I mean, you guys have done great things in the kingdom, mm-hmm. but there should the Lord tarry mm-hmm. that because of the seed that you have sown in your faithfulness and your, your just love for the work of God. And you get down and nothing's too big and nothing's too small. Mm-hmm. That generation, if the Lord tarries, they're going to see millions and billions mm-hmm. because they have seed that's going to multiply in right. them. Amen. Uh, I, I, I was thinking about, thinking about our our children is the the bigger vision has got to be for them to see those things and that's the same i'm I'm kind of bringing it back that's the same thing that we've got to have in our churches yes and one thing that um i was thinking about like when i was you were coming in and, and i was thinking about you know your ministry and and the impact you've had and a lot of times people see, okay, Brother Robinette, he's going, he's seeing people receive the Holy Ghost. Uh, he he preaches and, and there's moves of God. You know, there, there's anointing on you. And a, a lot of times people don't see the sacrifice that it takes because you what you see is somebody getting up and preaching. They see a move of God and they think, man, this is, this is awesome. I, I want to do something like that someday. But I, in thinking of that the other day when I was this coming together, I thought I didn't realize because Stacy's uh, my cousin, and when you when they when she was it was at Berlin when you were she was preaching the yeah. services while you were out That's ministering. Right. right. How how important it is to have mm-hmm. and how. Uh, Stuff like your book, things you've seen happen, could that have ever happened without a wife, a praying, oh. mm. serving God, yeah. wife and family that was dedicated to this? Yeah. And you know, Brother Leper, here's the deal. You know, when I think of, you know, um, I can tell you, I know your question was more of a broader question, mm. but personally, I know that I would not be here today if it was not for Stacy. Right. You know, when when I was a young man, and most of your viewers would never even know this, they wouldn't know that I was backslidden. They wouldn't know that mm. I was messed up in alcohol. They wouldn't know that, you know, I joined the U.S. military running from God. They wouldn't know any of that. But I remember, mm-hmm. you know, being out at the bar mm-hmm. with my unit and coming home and this in in Landstuhl, Germany and that precious your cousin that's Stacy sitting in the living room floor of military base housing and tears streaming down her face surrounded by Bibles and she'd been praying and studying and seeking the mind of God and and praying for her husband to mm-hmm. be saved and to not not 
to, to not forget the call of God upon his life. And I know for a certainty that if it had not been for a praying woman, mm-hmm. and there's so much backstory. I know right now people are going, oh my goodness, she married a backslidden mounted. That's a story for another time. Um, but but I'm going to tell you right now, without a praying wife mm-hmm. and without a woman who was faithful, consistent, and, and that goes back to the broader question, you better be certain that whoever you marry, that you have heard from God, and not just you have heard from God, but you better talk to your man of God, Amen. that pastor, and you say, pastor, is this right? Is this the right woman? Is this the right man? And if there's even a hesitancy in that pastor you just run as far as you can and as fast as you can because the wrong person at the wrong time in your Mm. life will lead to destruction but you get the right person that that your pastor has aligned his spirit says yes Mm -hmm. you're gonna move into a realm and a dimension of spiritual power authority freedom victory that you just can't, there's no substitute for it. The right person, and, and Stacy was the right person. She was God's choice. And and if it had not been for my pastor, it would have never happened. Yeah. So that's because uh, I know a lot of, you know, a lot of times people don't see that side of it because mm-hmm. it's almost like you're, uh, you know, you're the face of what's sure. going on. Sure. Okay. You're the one that's out there. You're the sure. one that's, you know, in the microphone and they, a lot of times it, it you know, as, you know, speaking even of, of my wife, um, we're starting this work. Well, this work would be, wouldn't be a whole lot without my wife oh, there and people is. don't see that. And I've told her before, I said, I said, you know what, when this thing grows, I said, they're going to look at me and go, Chris, what did you do? And I told her, I said, I, I will give you credit to the point because I, a lot of times I'm the face of it and you don't see behind the scenes of what a wife does in the ministry yeah. because without my praying wife, Valuable. times that I'm struggling Valuable. where, you know, she's like, and, and I'm, my personality too is I'll just, I'm a, I'm a do, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times I'm like, but what am I going to do? Yeah. I'll, I'll just, I'm just ready. Yeah. And with a, a, you know, my praying wife that that loves God, that that has great vision. God deals with me in different ways because I'm like, well, I want to go do something with mm-hmm. God. I'll go knock doors. Uh, yeah. And Amanda's the type that like, let's plan this out. Yeah. Without the planning, like even our Thanksgiving with all these people showed up. If I would have been the only one doing anything, <laughs> we'd have had mac and cheese and and. <laughs> it would have been me and the kids and the wife yeah. and you know but you know because i'm the one that preached mm-hmm. i'm the one that was the face of it almost yeah. yeah it people miss out on on how much deeper ministry goes into your family well let me tell you friend and maybe maybe you know people may think this is an oversimplification but the reality is, I don't believe that I would be sitting here today if it was not for my wife, Stacy. Mm-hmm. Because I can tell you, I remember when we went, when we were sent uh, to Switzerland to start a church in Geneva, and we went there with no money. We had we were getting three hundred dollars a month 
um, in in PIM support. So just put that in your mind mm-hmm. that going to Switzerland with 300 US dollars a month, okay? We couldn't afford an apartment. So there was a national there who had gotten us an apartment and things were just really bad. We were going through a tough moment. We had left one field um, really in a duress situation it was not a healthy situation we were we were very emotional we were broken and i'll never forget when we showed up at that apartment in the city of geneva to start a church and we opened the door of that apartment in switzerland and it was nasty mm-hmm. there was just bugs and and hair and there was it was just a disaster there's no way i could put words to it but i remember my spirit broke sister amanda my spirit broke when i opened that door and i said no no i can't do this mm-hmm. my wife we've been through enough my wife can't do this i'm not i'm not going to do this we we just we're going home and i i turned around and i looked at stacy and i said i said we're going home we'll get airplane tickets we're going home mm-hmm. And I'll never forget her opening the door and looking in there. And she said, you just give me a couple of days and I'll make this okay. That's awesome. She took that woman, Mm. went into that disaster and turned a disaster Mm. into a home. And out of that home came the church in Geneva that is now a thriving apostolic church Mm. and has become the foundation for revival in the nation of Switzerland that spread from Geneva to Zurich all the way down to the Italian cities. Tons, tons have been filled with the Trinitarian pastors that Mm. have been filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name. But I can trace it back to a moment where a wife said, Mm. don't quit. Give me two days. I'll make this happen. Mm. And so, you know, you, you can, you can say, well, that's the face and that's the ministry. That's the voice, but there's a backbone there somewhere. (laughs) There's a, there's a woman that, that said, I'm going to make this work. And, um, and so God, I'm so thankful to God for giving me, and I know you are as well, Mm -hmm. giving us incredibly apostolic wives Mm -hmm. that are willing to pay the price to do to advance the kingdom and sacrifice no matter what the cost. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just thankful. Yes. I I absolutely agree with that. Cause I, even as you were saying that I I remembered even because one of our, we talked about pivotal moments on our last episode, but one of our pivotal moments was going to Bangladesh. Yeah. And without my wife, I probably wouldn't have gone to Bangladesh I was like because yeah. I, which I've talked about a lot of times is I was afraid of flying but she had such a burden for the things of God and she was you know that that mindset of I want to do more Amen. and you know I'm Amen. I'm a very I am pretty laid back and I'm like well let's do more here <laughs> we don't have to fly do we have to buy a plane ticket to do more <laughs> yeah. and if it wasn't for you know situations like that and and also you know because there's you have to lean on your wife at times and how important that is yeah. to have that that somebody's that's not like well why don't you just why are you doing all this why are you out yeah. trying to minister what's well, yeah Take it easy. But when you have somebody and you have a desire and you have a call of God in your life, yeah. 
it is crucial, oh. absolutely crucial that there is a, you have a wife. Hey, friend, I've had more than one let's quit moments in my yeah. ministry. Yeah. More than one. Yeah. And I can tell you, um, you know, that book, that book would not have ever been written mm-hmm. if, if I had my way. Mm-hmm. Because I've had so many moments where I thought there's no hope. There's yeah. no, this can't get better. And yet there was a godly woman who just kept saying, we're going to make it. And, you know, we're going to, we're going to keep marching. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep praying. We're going to keep believing. And, and, um, you know, if God before us, who can be against us? Yeah. And, you know, sometimes uh, when I think about, you know, really Stacy D. Robinette should be on the front of that book because that book is the product of a woman who wouldn't quit. Right. That's really what that is. That That's, that's amazing. Cause I, I do, I do remember you were out preaching and it, it just, it, I don't know, it, a visual helped me cause I knew she was back doing stuff. Yeah. But she when you're out doing the ministry and you're out doing all these things, she's basically back there pastoring. That's right. Preaching, preaching the gospel, visiting, doing the music, trying to keep the church together. Yeah. And, you know, and and how the the sacrifice that that, you know, because of your calling, that how hard it is got to be on you also to think, you know, I'm I'm away from my kids at weeks at a time because I'm out I'm out doing the things of God. I mean, people don't see the sacrifice yeah. that affects the whole family. Yeah. And you know, sir, the whole family has to be willing to pay that price. Yeah. And uh, everybody in the family, even your children, mm-hmm. pay a price. You may not realize it. You may think that they're just, you know, baggage coming along. But the babies pay a price too. Yeah. And um, you know. The time that they don't get with you, the, you know, um, you know, I just thought of something that just jumped in my spirit, but you know, because they are witness to great prices, it gets down in their spiritual system. And as it develops, I remember just recently we were at um, the general conference of the United Pentecostal Church International. And I was standing in the mission service. Um, Brebri had gotten up and gone to the altar at, during the mission service. And she was standing there and I could tell the Lord was speaking to her. She was, something was stirring in her spirit. And I, I got up and I came alongside of her, put my arm around her. I prayed with her for a little while. And then she said to me, she said, she said, dad, how do you know when God is speaking to you? I said, well, baby, I said, what, what, what do you think the Lord is saying? And she said, uh, she said, well, she said, I feel like the Lord is telling me to give a thousand dollars to missions tonight. She said, but I don't want to do it. <laughs> and, and I said, I said, well, baby, that's the surefire way to know that God has said it because it's yeah. often something you don't want to do. Yes. But. You know, she had caught in her spiritual system that seed of sacrifice. And and she said, well, Daddy, I've been saving that because I wanted to, you know, when we finally get a house and we finally get settled down, I want to have my own pretty room and my own pretty things. And so she had in her mind, 
She'd been saving. She had she had $1,100 in the bank, I think is what she had. And the Lord spoke to her and said, give a thousand. And you know, that night she with a, a, a pure heart and with a generous heart and a sacrificial heart, she gave a thousand dollars in that offering. Wow. But you know, um, you know, so the family, the whole family sacrifices as, as, as there's, you know, God is not just called you. God didn't just call sister Amanda, but God called your babies, Boston mm-hmm. and Charlotte. You know, they have been called of God as well. Mm-hmm. And and they don't even know it yet. But, you know, going to this new city to start a church, it was a family calling. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not a dad and mom ministry. It's a family ministry. Mm-hmm. And and so it's a beautiful thing when you see when your hands get dirty in that work of God and you're down in the dirt and the babies are witnessing the church full on on a Sunday and they yep. and that they, they brighten up and they go, Wow, the fruit of this ministry and <laughs> yep. and they're getting the seed of sacrifice and the seed of truth and the seed and all of a sudden, you know, you there's gonna come a moment. I remember when um when Aaliyah won her first, you know, person in Vienna, Austria. She won a, <laughs> awesome. a little um a Muslim girl from her school. And, you know, we'd been having all of these Muslims get the Holy Ghost, 159 Muslims baptized in Jesus' name, 101 Muslims in 12 months filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues. Well, she invites this Muslim little girl from her school, and then her mom comes with her, and they come to our Friends Day, and in that service, this this little Muslim family gets the Holy Ghost, and... (laughs) And wow. you know that she saw Aaliyah saw the city of Vienna as her calling. Yeah, and we we constantly sowed that into the spiritual system of our babies. Mm-hmm. This isn't Daddy's calling. This is not Mommy's calling. This is our calling. This city is God called mm-hmm. us here. We're here to reach this city. When you when you win a school member, you reach this city. When you bring somebody from your you know your classmates, so we were constantly imparting into their spiritual system that this is not my calling. It's your calling, and that's the hardest part about the transition that we've made from the German-speaking nations to international evangelism is Aaliyah, who is 16, you know, still feels that that's her calling. Burden. That's her burden. That's her. F- and so transitioning them, helping them to transition and find their place in the call of mm-hmm. God that's upon your family. Mm-hmm is so very important. And that's a mistake a lot of ministry couples make is they see their babies as their baggage and they're just coming along with them. But really, that's not how it is. God calls a family. Mm-hmm. And so you as a as a pastor and, and you as a, a pastor's wife and you as a pastoral family have got to find a way to to bring those babies alongside into that apostolic kingdom vision, mm-hmm. kingdom opportunity for them. What can they do? That's why this last two years during COVID, we we knew we were in trouble in Germany with with all the lockdowns and we couldn't have church and nobody could gather. And we made up in our minds, well, we're going to make sure our entire family has kingdom purpose in these two years. And a, Aaliyah started playing the guitar and sister Amanda would teach her on Thursdays and invested in her for an hour on a Thursday. And, and they would begin to, 
she began to learn to play the guitar and just began to love to worship God. Mm -hmm. And she couldn't wait for those moments with Aunt Amanda where she would invest in her and speak with her. And she'd close her bedroom door and get alone with Aunt Amanda. You can't even understand. I know that you you can. Forgive me. I don't mean it like that. But you can't Mm -hmm. for us. To, to know that Aaliyah had somebody investing in them and investing in their ministry, their future. And Bri had Brother Brian Correccia from North Carolina who was meeting with her an hour every Thursday over Zoom to just develop her as a piano player. And then they would go into these services on Sunday. And, and these two little girls, this 15-year-old and 12-year-old, would lead worship to an empty room and mm. and... You know, Stacy would sing and worship like they were before thousands, but there was nobody there. Mm-hmm. But God was developing the ministry of babies who were going to have a kingdom ministry beyond Berlin, Germany. Yes. And, and you know, how incredibly valuable the the season of mentoring for for Aunt Amanda to invest in Aaliyah and Brother Brian Correcia to invest in in BB, you know that that season of mentoring mm-hmm. that that somebody realized there's a kingdom future here and we've got to make sure that this is we don't we don't lose our babies in the pursuit of mm-hmm. the call of God. Our babies are the call of God. Mm-hmm. Our babies are a part of the call of God. Yes. If I lose my home, I lose my ministry. I've got to make sure that just as much energy as I put into reaching this city, I've got to put into reaching my babies and I've got to facilitate their ministry development. Mm-hmm. And so I, I just, we feel so indebted to Aunt Amanda and to, to you guys and to Brother Brian Correccia. And, you know, it's such a challenging season when you're talking about the COVID restrictions and, you know, you're preaching to empty rooms. Mm-hmm. You know, you're preaching to a camera. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, you can do it. The man of God can do it. We find a way to muster up and 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 preach like we're preaching to the masses. Mm-hmm. But when you're 12 and 15 and you're in an empty room and your daddy says, come on, we're going to worship God and there's nobody there. Mm-hmm. And you need that move of God. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, to have those, um, to facilitate and those mentors that facilitate investment in them to make them ready for kingdom moments that are so far beyond their years. That's, uh, that's, I was thinking that just to think of how that has developed them mm-hmm. for their future. Yeah. Cause they can, you know, they grow up and yeah. do the same thing we're doing, start a church or something. Well, we only got one person, the that's family's it. here. They'll just get in there and worship right. God. Hey, I've been here before. Right. I've been, I'm here to worship God. If there's one of us, ain't nothing. Yes, I've done, I've done this done. to empty rooms. Yeah. Come done on, let's this. have church. The maturity they'll have. Ugh. But what yeah. if you would have sat back and thought, "We'll just wait this out." That's right. We'll wait. That's right. You know, I'll just we'll just kind of kick back. Well, they would have missed out. And on what if we'd have just sat them on the pew and said, "I'm just going to preach to you, mm-hmm. Mommy. will play the piano and sing, and you guys just sit out there with nobody." No. Yeah, you finding got a way to cast kingdom vision yeah. and create kingdom opportunities mm-hmm. is the most valuable thing you can do for your babies, especially mm-hmm. when you're when you're doing the ministry, the the work of ministry. Mm-hmm. Don't ever let them think that's their ministry. You make sure that they understand it is our mm-hmm. ministry. That's good because Amanda has she's done good with this because. 
uh, we were actually at a minister's retreat recently, and, and uh, Brother Dowdy, is that how you say his name, said uh, in a uh, roundabout way that same thing. This is their calling, too, Amen. to make sure. And then, you know, Amanda's been and telling them, this is, you know, you're a, you're a, a young man of God. You're right. a young lady of God. That's this right. is your church. That's right. This is your work. And she's really been pouring into them in that Ever since that, that's right, uh, and helping them get uh, a vision for it, Amen. not just like you said, Amen. go sit over there. Amen. You know, we, you know, right now, you know, Charlotte's five, so I have her hand out. I I print out the notes for the service, and I have her go hand them out. I think that violates some child labor laws. <laughs> <laughs> get them out to me. <laughs> and you, and then Boston has been. Uh, Playing the box drum. Oh, that's so great! You know, eight bro. years old out there, so being on great. A, just giving him, you know, vision, giving them a part of the kingdom. And it's to, building their confidence. Yeah. And I don't care what anybody says, it, but Brother Cole used to say this all the time. You know, you you can have kingdom anointing and you can have kingdom gifting, but if you don't have confidence, if you're not confident in God and confident in the God that's in you, mm-hmm. and and able to. To let that flow, you know, when confidence dies, mm-hmm. so does the gifting. You will not operate where there's a lack of confidence. Mm. That's good. I'm, you can write that one down. Cause... Me too. I, first time I ever said that. <laughs> You're like, let me hang on a minute. Let me Hold write up. this down. Let me put that here for the what next book. What I said book. was just good. <laughs> <laughs> Send me that recording of that part. Uh, make sure you put that, that Charles Robinette said that because I don't want him to claim it. Ha, 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 ha.